Never in human history have we been so bombarded with information. New ideas come at us every day from a thousand different directions. Where do we even begin? You can start with Wondery's podcast, The Next Big Idea. From business and science to health and culture, The Next Big Idea brings you fascinating conversations about a new world-changing idea every week. These are big ideas that will change the way you live, work, and think. Past episodes have tackled topics like decision-making, overcoming racial bias, and the biological power of friendship. This week, Adam Grant speaks with award-winning writer Olga Kazan about how wearing being called weird as a badge of honor and how being an outsider in a world that prizes insiders is a superpower. You're about to hear a preview of The Next Big Idea. While you're listening, subscribe to Wondery's The Next Big Idea on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And get ready to open your mind because the right idea at the right moment has the power to transform your life. From Wondery, I'm Rufus Griscom, and this is The Next Big Idea. I founded the Next Big Idea Club with Malcolm Gladwell, Susan Kane, Daniel Pink, and Adam Grant to connect people to some of the boldest thinking shaping our culture and our future. Each week on the podcast, we bring you one idea with the power to change the way you see the world. This week, how being weird can work to your advantage. Hazan is a staff writer for The Atlantic who covers health and science. She says she knows firsthand about being weird. She grew up as a Russian Jewish immigrant in a small conservative town in Texas, and her outsider identity stayed with her. In seven years of writing about weirdness, she says she has come to realize that there are unexpected upsides, that her weirdness is in part responsible for her success. So when you think about being weird, you think about it more in terms of being a misfit in your context than having just quirky qualities as a person. I really struggled with how to define weirdness for this book because there's the research on weirdness. But you're right. It does tend to focus on like the person who was wearing a red jacket <laughs> instead of the black jacket. But I wanted to focus on something that was more consistent. So I, I wanted to focus on people who were different from everyone else around them as opposed to just had a quirky hobby. Because if you think about it, if you have a quirky hobby like riding a unicycle, you could join a club of unicyclists and suddenly not be weird anymore and in fact feel very comfortable and not alienated at all. So I didn't want to pick something that was just generally thought of as unique. I wanted to pick something that was more enduring. Obviously, right now we have a ton of polarization in the U.S. and a, a lot of right versus left conflict. And some of the people that I interviewed for the book actually were Trump supporters who moved from California to Texas so that they could be more accepted by other Trump supporters. And they felt like, you know, if they were wearing Trump T-shirts or praying or something like that openly in California that they wouldn't be accepted. So they actually hooked up with this organization called Conservative Move, which helps Californians move to Texas so they can be with other Republicans. It sounds far-fetched, but it's actually now like a business model. So Olga, you interviewed some really fascinating people for the book. I would love to hear in particular about an Amish woman that you wrote about. Emma, this Amish woman that I interviewed, grew up in this really conservative Missouri community. And if you want to be Amish, you have to so buy in to the idea of being Amish. It is not like a half-hearted thing. 
you basically are educated through eighth grade. Then you stop going to school. And if you're a woman, you have babies with a guy who is one of five boys that you can choose when you're 16 to marry. Wow. And you basically cook and clean for the rest of your life and babysit. She looked at that future and she was like, I don't want to do this. It's not just the technology thing. It's not just the like farming lifestyle that doesn't appeal. It's like, I don't want my opportunities to be this limited. And she always just felt this feeling of doubt inside of her. So when she was, I think, 16 or 17, she just walked out of her family's farmhouse and she had smuggled a cell phone and used it to call this friend of a friend who basically took her down to Texas, to South Texas, where they happened to live. And she kind of started life all over again, except she was a U.S. citizen who didn't speak English because they speak Pennsylvania Dutch. She didn't understand any social rules or norms. She was completely alienated from the Internet, technology, how people interact on a day-to-day basis. And it really just goes to show how awful it can be both to feel like an outsider in your community, but then even when you try to break out of that community and be more free or or join a different community, that period of transition is still really difficult. Yeah. So what did you learn from her about coping with being an outsider or going from being an outsider in one context to then living that in another? She really was one of the most difficult stories in the book. She had one of the roughest times. But I found that she really used this strategy of changing the way she thought about being an outsider. It went from being where she was trying to hide that she was Amish or apologize for it, especially among the modern Americans or whatever you want to call them that she was meeting. She kind of reestablished herself. She had to kind of learn to think about her outsiderdom in a new way and in a more positive way. So she now is out. She's like a normal 20-something. So she's dating and meeting people. And she has to be like, look, being Amish, having this extremely traumatic and difficult thing that I went through made me who I am. It's not the entirety of who I am. You can't make Amish jokes about me because that's not cool. But I'm now tougher and stronger because I went through this. And once she started asserting herself in that way, things got a little bit better for her than when she was apologizing for her differences. 